Rick is teaching us from Matthew 5, 10 through 12 today. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Good morning, you guys. I'm, uh, I'm really excited about uh, this morning, and uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn it to Matthew chapter 5. Um, we're going to talk about persecution for a few minutes, and then we're going to talk about heaven for a few minutes. Um, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given to us to gather together to, uh, to seek your face, to hear from you. Father, I pray that um, in the midst of this morning, you would free us from distraction, Father, and you would, you would guide us into your truth. You would teach us about how much you love us. And Father, would, would you show us how much you love us? And would that knowledge distract us from the tyranny of this world and the difficulty and hardship of persecution or the difficulty and hardship of just life in general, Father. Would you put all of that aside for us uh, for these next few minutes and allow us to center in on, on you and your gospel and your son, Jesus. Uh, thank you so much for Christ. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. I uh, heard a story this week about a group of American missionaries who went on a short-term mission trip to do some help for some uh, like indigenous Chinese missionaries. So there's people in China who are uh, spreading the gospel and it's difficult and hard and, hard and, and illegal there for Christianity. So there's some Americans that go there to help them out for a week. And they spend some time talking about um, what's happening and what's going on in their city and, and how they can help and how they can pray for them. And, and they, they, they started to talk about the persecution that they face. And they have to go underground and they have to hide and all these things. And, and immediately the, the leader of this American missionary group says, okay, let's just stop and pray. And so he stops and he prays, and he prays against persecution. Like, don't let these people face persecution. And the Chinese missionary, in the middle of the prayer, stopped him and said, don't. Don't stop. We don't want persecution to to go away from us. We want persecution because it proves to us that we are where Christ wants us to be. And uh, I heard that story this week, and it really... Uh, was interesting to me because I believe that many times we are less concerned about the deepening of Christ in our own hearts and the deepening of Christ in our own circles. And I've used that phrase a lot, circles, just the people that you have an encounter with. You all are in my circle. I'm in your circle. The people that we encounter. We're we're less concerned with, with Christ deepening in our own hearts and Christ deepening in our circles and then Christ deepening, deepening in our culture. We're less concerned with that than we are arranging life to be more comfortable for us. And so the result is we pray against persecution. Or we try to create walls in our lives to distance ourselves from persecution. But Jesus says in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who are persecuted. 
like we keep our lives at like persecution at arm's reach for us because we want to keep persecution away from us when ultimately clinging to our comforts and clinging to our rights is not something that we're, we're called to. Um, it's interesting because when Jesus came to this earth as, as a perfect example of what I'm talking about, he left comfort to come to discomfort where he would have ultimately die. And he is our leader. He is our direction. He is our guide. And, and scripture says that Jesus did not cling to his rights as God, but made himself nothing, made himself a servant. Um, let's, let's look at, at our verse um, this morning. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. That's another way to say be, becoming like Jesus. So all of this, we will get persecuted the more we become like Jesus. Then verse 11, they, he talks specifically about some opportunities or, or ways that we can be persecuted. When others revile you as one, when people persecute you is the, is the second one, and people utter all kinds of evil falsely on my account. Um, I had to, I've done this several times, but I had to look up the word reviled today because I just don't know what it means. Who knows what reviled means? Good, I'm not, I don't feel as bad because I didn't know. But ultimately, what reviling means, to revile someone is to, like, deeply insult them. So blessed are you, persecution looks like for you when you are deeply insulted, saying bad things about you. Um, ladies, I know this is something that's important for you. Like, um, guys struggle in, in a, a physical area, and, and women struggle in this concept, when people are saying bad stuff about you. Oh, no, she didn't. Right? I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 47-year-old white guy. I tried my best to deliver that line. Um, I apologize. But the truth remains, right? When people revile us, when people insult us in a deep level with their words, and all of this, two of these three... Per, reviling and persecuted and, and saying false things, all kinds of evil against you. These are, these are vocal things that are said about you. And this is the heart of persecution. And when the closer you get to being like Jesus, the more this happens to you. People saying stuff about you. And, and the fear, that the, the stuff I said about the missionaries where we're and, and keeping our, our persecution at arm's reach in favor of comfort is at war with what Christ is saying to you. And so don't avoid that. Lean into it. When somebody's reviling you, when somebody's insulting you, when somebody's saying false things about you, lean into that. Because Jesus says, blessed are you, happy, complete, satisfied, fulfilled are you when that happens. We're so consumed with our comfort we're so consumed with how this world and, and what these people that are saying these things about me make me feel and how hurtful they are. We're so consumed with that hurt and that pain that we, we miss out on the satisfaction that Jesus wants to give to us. Do you know, like, when that happens, Jesus wants to say to you, don't pray against persecution. Lean into it. It's proof that you're becoming more like me. And that's, that's the purpose of your existence. Um, I want to talk about, uh, so we're not in a place where 
persecution for us might look like someone putting us in jail or worse yet, someone cutting our head off. Although that happens in our world uh, where persecution can be real like that. But for us, to relate this to us, I want to bring this idea. When you press into Jesus, when you act like Jesus, the religious of our day and of our culture will say, will revile you, will persecute you, will say false things about you like this. They'll say you're a sellout. They'll, when you befriend a sinner, like I grew up in, in a established church that I was told in my youth ministry that if I hang out with those people, I'm like, don't, you're going to get their sin on you. Don't do that. And that's, that's, when we act like Jesus, we'll get persecution from that place. They'll say bad things about you. Here's the fact. People have said bad things about this church. People have said bad things about this guy. Um, calling us sellouts. When, we, when you befriend sinners, when you admit your own sin, when you stand and, like we, Josh, thanks for leading us in that prayer. That's an incredible prayer. When you publicly admit your sin, the religious people will try to take you off of, of any sort of leadership that you have. Take you away. When you admit your sin, persecution happens. And the, the very first beatitude that we, we, we saw, you guys remember what it is? Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's an acknowledgement that I'm a sinful man. I'm a broken, sinful man, completely in need of Jesus. And when you proclaim that, the religious people of our day will persecute you for that. When you show mercy to people that the religious people hate, you're going to get persecuted. Um, this, is a, this is a really difficult, sticky subject matter. Um, I was at, uh, I think I may have I said this to, to some folks, uh, uh, I think it was community group. Uh, we were at dinner last week, week and a half ago, something like that, and uh, we bumped into uh, an old friend of ours who used to work at, at our kid's school who's gay. And uh, she came up and she said, I'm engaged and we're getting married. And, and I can't, I, I'm, I'm excited to go to that wedding. Um, and I'm, I guarantee you, I'm going to get a lot of blowback. I might get blowback from some of you for showing up to that wedding. But she this, this girl who's, who's getting married to a girl has been encaptured by the prospect of how these Christian people who don't approve of my lifestyle can approve of, of me and, and love me and surrender to me and, and help, uh, help me see Jesus in their lives. And, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong by going to this wedding. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to debate that. But what I do want to debate is when you do your best to act like Jesus, people are going to persecute you and say bad things about you and lie about you and revile you. That's the truth. But Jesus says in the midst of that, blessed are you when you are persecuted, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. For great is your reward in heaven. Who would like to sign up for Jesus to give you a reward in heaven? Seriously. And, and the heart of it, the, and, and again, I'm, I'm, not, 
I don't know that if I'm right or wrong. I'll ask Jesus when I get to heaven. Was I right or wrong for going to that wedding? I don't know. But I know that God has called me to love this woman. And I know that the love, especially that my wife has shown to her, has made an incredible impact on her. And so I don't know right or wrong about what I do, but I do know that loving this woman is, is, brings hope to her heart, and it also brings persecution to me. Jesus says, blessed are you when that happens. Um, but also, the, when you act like Jesus, the irreligious will also persecute you. They'll tell you you're stupid for following an outdated and dogmatic religion. They'll call you blind. They'll call you ignorant. When you take biblical stands, you'll be seen as unloving. You'll be lumped in with fundamentalists. But our call is to make Jesus our guide in spite of what anybody else says or does. The religious and the irreligious, people on both sides of the fence, both sides of the aisle, the left and the right, are going to call you bad names and say bad things about you. But Jesus... And acting like him involves, informs our interaction with the culture and with the church. As you become more like Jesus and as you live out the gospel, people will not understand you. People will abandon you. People will not value and sacrifice for the things that you value and sacrifice for. People won't like you and people will lie about you. But Jesus says, rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven. Rejoice and be glad when people lie about you. Ladies, I'm talking directly to you. Most of, I've spent a lot of time yelling at guys, but this morning I'm going to talk to you. Two of the three examples that Christ gives about persecution are people saying bad stuff about you. And you have your, like your genetic makeup makes you want to be dropped to your knees when people are saying bad stuff about you. But Jesus says, I got it. You're happy, satisfied, fulfilled. When that happens, for great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. When people do this, consider that phrase, great is your reward in heaven. Um, I said a couple weeks ago, we're going to Selah. Let's Selah for a second right now. If you weren't here, Selah just means to stop and consider God. So when persecution happens, when people lie about you, Jesus says, great is your reward in heaven. Stop. And in a few seconds of silence, consider that. Father, thank you so much for Jesus, and thank you for his words that are comfort to our souls. God, I pray for those who are so often debilitated by what people say about them, Father, that these words would ring in our brains and in our hearts and in our souls, and the reaction of those around us, the religious and the irreligious, would not cause us to not seek to be like you, but instead your promises and your word and your truth 
would be what rings in our head. And as we engage and interact in this world, we would be consumed with being like you. And as such, we would hear you say, great is your reward in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a place called heaven where one day we will be. Thank you for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.17. I'm going to talk quickly about two verses. 2 Corinthians 4.17. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for, for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Here's, we're transitioning to talk about heaven a little bit right now. Look at this. The, the persecution, the stuff, whatever in your life that makes you want to scream and makes you want to, it just frustrates you. Let 2 Corinthians 4.17 wash over that place in your brain. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. First Corinthians 2 9, but as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart of man has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and nor mind has conceived what God has prepared for you. There's beauty all over this planet. Some of you have probably been in some of the most beautiful places in the world. And as beautiful as those things are, no eye has seen what God has prepared for you. Soak that up. And Jesus says, when you're persecuted, great is your reward. So, okay, so heaven is a reward for all those who call on Jesus. For the persecuted, Jesus has got something even better for you. And the, the, the thing that, the, so the no eye has seen is, is incredible to, to my heart. But the, the thing that is really incredible is no mind is conceived. We've got brilliant people who write brilliant poetry, write brilliant films. We're going to, like tonight, the Oscars. Some of you guys might be watching the Oscars. There, there's brilliant concepts that have been conceived and created into film. And, and actors and actresses bringing to life these incredible emotions of, of love and heartbreak and all these difficulties. And, and when you sit down at, at a film and see all of this, the grand spectrum of what man is able to create visually, the, the possibility to conceive in the mind of man is incredible. But let this verse ring over that idea. No mind has ever conceived the greatness that's in store for you eternally God is incredible beyond anything that anyone can imagine or conceive is is what God has prepared for those who love him um I want to show you a, a quick video and then look at a, a few pictures of some beauty of our uh of our of our planet Abram hit hit those hit that video see the beauty of our God here.
so this is one one of those. Uh, hit hit the next picture, Abram. Uh, that's a, a waterfall. That's I don't know how big that is, but it's really tall. Um, <laughs> stop persecuting me. <laughs> no, keep persecuting me. Um, so this is a picture taken by Kyle Walton. Um, he stood at the base of that, and we talked this week about the, just the majesty of, of being there, to, to just breathe that air and, and soak that in. Um, he actually sat down and had lunch at the, when, right before he took this picture. Um, hit the next one, Abram. Uh, look at the, the, mag, the size and the, the magnitude of that. I'm, I'm showing you these to get our minds on the, the grand, how big this planet is that we live in and how incredibly creative our God is. And if our God is creative like this, to build this and to show you his glory and his majesty in the physical realm, the physical world, how much more will we spend in eternity? Hit the next one, Abram. Um, look at the, the sun kind of, I think it's, this is sun setting there. Uh, on, it's this kind of coming up through the, the mouth of that creek. Um, I, wanna, I want your hearts to be captured by the beauty of our God and the promises that he makes to us. Um, I want to close this morning by, by taking us to John 14. Uh, a little bit of context before, for John 14. Jesus has uh, just washed the disciples' feet. This is at the, the Last Supper. They've had their meal, and Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet and uh, has just said that one of you will deny me and one of you will betray me. That's what's happened prior to Jesus saying these words. So persecution is very real to Jesus. He's about to be ultimately persecuted by everyone in his world and everyone in his life abandoning him, and then dying this brutal, awful death in the midst of this dark time in the hours before his scourging and mocking and crucifixion, Jesus casts vision for these guys. And I want you to see Jesus here, not just as somebody who's about to be crucified or somebody that's about to be persecuted, but instead, I want you to see Jesus as your leader, as someone who is about to face a hardship that we can never imagine. And watch what he does on the brink of that. About to walk out of the doors, and when he walks out of the doors, he'll be arrested. And just, just a, a few minutes after he says what he says here, it's all going to just literally go to hell for him. And here he is leading. Here's Jesus saying, Let not your hearts be troubled, Believe in God, believe also in me. My heart is overwhelmed by the leadership that Jesus shows here. Man, I long to lead my family. I long to lead this church in this way. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. In the midst of this pain, this inevitable excruciating pain. Jesus leads by saying, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. 
And then he says beautiful words. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus had just said a few days before that I'm going to heaven to prepare a place for you. Think about Jesus is preparing a place for you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus is preparing a place for you. What is it that some stupid girl can say about you that can match the majesty that your Savior has creating for you right now? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe that Jesus is telling you the truth when he says this to you. He's going to prepare a place for you. In his Father's house, there are many rooms. Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Where Jesus is, you may be also. It's beautiful. The reward is Jesus. And the reward of Jesus is worth suffering through and difficulty for. I want to end with uh, a brief summary of the Beatitudes. The first beatitude, I've already mentioned it, is blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus is fully aware of all of your sin. Stop and consider that that for a second. Jesus is fully aware of all of your sin. Everything you've ever done or will do, in this moment, Jesus is aware of it. All your rebellions, all your sin, he fully knows them, and then he pushes you to know them too. That's the first beatitude. Blessed are those who are aware of their sin. And the last words of the beatitudes are, for great is your reward in heaven. Like that, is the, that is a picture of the gospel, and it's knee-buckling. Jesus knows every single sin that you've ever committed or will commit. He's fully aware at all times of that. And yet, great is your reward in heaven. What what an incredibly worship-inspiring thought. That your God, fully aware of, of all your sin and all your rebellion and all your frustrations, has prepared something for you and waits to give it to you. Grace is incredible. Let's, uh, let's pray and then worship our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the example of your leadership. That in the midst of, of persecution, unlike we will ever know or face, that you say to us, Don't worry about it. Don't let your hearts be troubled. One day where I am, you'll be. God, allow us to to press into who you are. Allow us to turn down the noise of the religious and the irreligious that are telling us we're wrong for trying to be like Jesus. Allow us to turn down that noise and turn up your voice saying, great is your reward. God, may we follow the beautiful and perfect example of your son, Jesus Christ. 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at your right hand. And one day we will be there. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.